If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. We don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And tonight, Kevin welcomes the best alternative to cocaine bear, John Irwin. Comedian who's having trouble getting dates, Mike Paramore Jr. All the living presidents. The first lady of New York hospitality, Christine Nicholas. And three-time Grammy winner, Michael W. Smith. And now, from Times Square, where the Wuhan bats went to celebrate, finally being cleared of the origins of COVID, here's that Kevin! Thank you very much. Great to have you, kids. Got a big show for you tonight. Hey, but tell announcer guy, I, I noticed something... I noticed something on the uh, on the big board. I noticed announcer guy left off fa- uh, Ann Wilson, who it, Michael W. Smith is one of our spotlight artists tonight, but he's only one of two because Ann Wilson's going to be with us too. And I don't I don't want I don't want to get blamed for having forgotten Ann Wilson in the open. Ann's a phenomenal singer. She's gonna she's gonna bring it home here in hour one. Uh, with her selection from the soundtrack of that Jesus Revolution movie. Don't know if you heard about uh, the Jesus Revolution movie, but uh, last week in the theaters, cocaine versus Jesus. That was that was the two things that people had to choose from. And I don't know what it says about our society, but cocaine beat Jesus at the box office. I, that's, you know, just to be expected, I guess. But uh, Jesus Revolution did really well. And uh, John Irwin's going to come up. We're going to talk about... I want to ask him all about that. The whole competing with a cocaine coked out bear. I can't think of many things more uh, seriously dangerous than a, than a big grizzly getting a hold of a whole bunch of cocaine. Uh, but it took Hollywood to uh, bring it to life for us. Uh, all right, we've got a big show. Uh, we, yes, we got um, we've got John Irwin, Mike Paramore. I don't know if you've heard this guy on the Dry Bar Comedy Stage tonight. Uh, one of the funniest dudes I have heard in a really long time. And he's going to explain maybe why you and he can't get dates. Yeah, ah, yeah be all defensive about it. You know it's true. Um, and then Ann Wilson's going to be with us this hour. That's going to be a phenomenal way to round out things. And then Christine Nicholas. What can I say about this lady? 
She is the most incredible hostess of the best city on planet Earth. She's she's the first lady of hospitality of New York City. Uh, she's she's running the Broadway Association, which has been in existence for 130 years, I think. Uh, she's she's head of uh, Nicholas and Lentz PR, and they they handle all the biggest uh, folks. Uh, and and she was Mayor Giuliani's liaison on 9/11. I mean, there's so much going on, uh, and she's she she wants to welcome us that Kevin show officially to New York City. We, we're going to feel very um, benighted uh, at this point um, in the second hour, uh, and then a little bit later on, Michael W. Smith, three-time Grammy winner, has a brand new song in the same that Jesus movie. It's kind of like that Jesus Revolution, that Kevin show tonight. If, if there was such a thing, but I've got to get to some news because as announcer guy just alluded to some pretty big news came out this week. Turns out the COVID virus came from the Wuhan lab all along. Joe Biden didn't like being asked about it. Take a look at what happened this morning. Nope. Did, didn't want to answer that one. It, 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 he was going to answer the thing about going to Ohio, going to East Palestine. Somebody shouted, uh, what are you going to do about China and the orange of, uh, or, origins of the virus? He did not want to answer that question. And who can blame him? Uh, it's put him in a little bit of a pickle. Because not, not just one division of his government, of his branch of government, but now three divisions. The CDC, which is in the executive uh, domain, uh, the State Department, um, and the FBI have all said the virus came from the Wuhan lab. Which, come on, it wasn't that hard to figure that out. I mean, you've got this deadly virus. You've got this lab that makes deadly viruses. And all the people that died were around the lab. That's that's what it came from. But just to put a little bit of uh, muscle to these bones, here's Chris Ray from the FBI. Take a listen. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. The FBI has folks who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that in the wrong hands, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans. And that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. That's Chris Ray, and he uh, speaking very plainly there with Brett Baer uh, on the Fox News Channel. But that's exactly why that section of the FBI exists, to check out if China's trying to kill a whole bunch of people across the globe. And it looks like they were fairly successful at it. Lost more people than I wanted to count. That's for sure. You know, this hit uh, um, this hit the uh, the late night phase of the uh, talk show circuit. Uh, in fact, uh, Bill Maher just last night uh, having a few words about it. We're entering this phase now with COVID where we are in a period of we can have perspective. We can look back. It's over. 
And so there's been a number of studies recently that have come out about things like natural immunity, mask wearing, lockdowns, and of course the big one this week about the lab leak theory. Um, I feel like the people who are the dissenters are looking pretty good. I was one of them. Somebody dug this up for me this week. Uh, the Daily Beast, <laughs> Daily Beast, uh, had a headline, Bill Maher pushes Steve Bannon Wuhan lab COVID conspiracy. Yes, it was just Steve Bannon. Well, it was, you know, the former head of the CDC. It's the FBI. It's the Energy Department. We don't know. Like I said, we shouldn't politicize it. But would you agree that the dissenters are looking better these days? I certainly would, Bill Maher. Kevin McCullough, no argument from me. And it should also be noted that there with Bill Maher was liberal analyst John Heileman from MSNBC. And he was suggesting that uh, he always thought the lab leak theory was possible, but he, of course, blamed President Trump for it. Here's the exact quote. If you go back to that time, why do people seize on the notion that they'll reject the lab leak theory? Because like everything else in COVID, Donald Trump politicized it from day one. Heilman said his thing in that first uh, two weeks was Kung Flu. And it was not just that it started in a lab, but then that the Chinese had released it on the world, that it was a bioweapon. This wasn't a leak. It was just not like there was an accident in the lab. The notion was put forward by the administration in some case that there was political interest to make China the villain. Which is why Christopher Ray just said it's the FBI's job to check into whether or not it was weaponized. Uh, and I'm glad that we figured it out because now we can take the appropriate steps to uh, do so. Even if uh, what's-his-name in the uh, White House doesn't want to answer the questions anymore. Yeah, so what? I got ah, forget it. I can't answer it. I'm going to the helicopter. Kevin McCullough coming back from New York. No helicopter needed. Next. Hi. Don't worry, Joe Biden will be back with the rest of the living presidents before we're done. Plus, Ann Wilson, all yet to come on That Kevin Show. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective 
and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. From New York, it's that Kevin show. See, I knew it. Ah, uh, come on, Kev. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm very excited to have my next guest with me uh, because he is a historic, as of this last weekend, a historic level movie maker. Uh, and he happened to have the number three box office gross last weekend number two amongst new releases and it was a story all about jesus you ha you heard greg glory on with us last week i'm so honored ladies and gentlemen put your hands together for john Irwin. i don't want to bury the lead here uh cinema <laughs> what, what's the group they gave you an a plus you're the first time uh, a director has done this and you've done it all on films that I, I'm going to guarantee you the industry didn't think they were, it was going to happen on. How, how big is that? Well, I mean, it, it's a wonderful thing to say that, that, that we do what we love, which is to entertain audiences. To me, it's a privilege to entertain. And I, I, there's nothing better than hearing an audience laugh and cry and be moved. It's, a, it's unbelievable. The job we get to do. It's like how in the world, the industry's tough, but how in the world do we get to to put our dreams up on a screen and all these people help make them uh, a reality? And uh, what CinemaScore is 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 the audience rates movies, and uh, and and so coming out of the theater every weekend, a movie gets a grade from an audience, and A plus is the rarest of grades, and typically only about two movies. Like last year, 
only Top Gun and the Woman King got an A plus. It's a very rare grade. There's only ever been about a hundred of them uh, uh, ever. Uh, and four of them belong so, to you. And so this is the fourth, and, and that, that we've had. And it just, you know, I'm I'm grateful because it's the audience uh, letting their voice be heard and saying how much they love the films. And um, I'm, I'm it's wonderful to have that distinction. I'm I'm probably just going to get a bunch of T-shirts, you know, and and uh, you know, but uh, but uh, uh, and walk around all cocky. But but at any rate, it's. Uh, <laughs> What it really says is that the audience loves the movie, and 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 that's what I love the most. Well, and and I'll I wanna... say this about Jesus Revolution: it, it's I've never had an experience with an audience in a movie theater like this. Like to see it with a crowd of people, I've never had an audience cheer along with the movie uh, before, and it's such a joy to experience with a group of people. I want to drill down on all of that uh, in just a little bit, but I want to I want to stay on this concept here for a second, John. Um, the idea that great storytelling can be done in a way that doesn't bash the uh, you know offendable senses of parents and of of normal life that decency is something that can be advanced that you can actually raise and elevate the level of conversation as opposed to have to dumb it down or to have it filled in with a lot of um, extraneous uh, material uh, you don't have to find excuses to include nudity or violence or things in a way that you, in other words if the story is a great story, you can produce a great product, and you're now the living proof with four of them in your in your back pocket that uh, a cinema score A plus can be achieved on stories that can really lift the human spirit. Well, and I would argue that actually those are the movies that that perform better at the box office and that get A plus cinema scores. Like last year, the two A plus cinema scores were Top Gun and The Woman King. I love both those movies, and and. Uh, and and I just think that they were so optimistic and hopeful, and especially Top Gun is incredible. And and I do think that that's what that's what the audience wants. And and right. I and I actually think it's helpful. It's like it, it's more helpful because I think that there's a lot of well-made content right now, a lot of content that I watch. Um, but if you watch it, you just sort of leave feeling empty and um, guilty for watching it, and and uh, you know, sort of like, what do I believe in? And I think. We're at this point in society where we need hope, uh, maybe now more than ever. And so I think that there's never been more of an opportunity for optimistic uh, content that's co-family viewing. So it's, it's engineered uh, to, to be an experience for multiple generations. I know that's what I want and need my family. And then when it's infused with values, and the great thing about biblical values and, and, and values that 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 have their origin in Christianity is, is when they're correctly presented, they're universally appealing, yep. and uh, and and we need them. And so I just think uh, it, it's actually what audiences actually want are great is great entertainment that's safe for their family and really fun to watch. And then you come out of the you come out of the movie feeling like a like I think what when they asked Ronald Reagan like what do people see when they see you and, and he said would you believe a better version of themselves you know that's that's sort of what we want from entertainment as well we we want to come out of the theater believing that we can be a better version of ourselves and and uh and that's the kind of stories that we want to make and i'm telling you that those are the kind of stories that that a lot of america wants uh, at, well and the box office proves it we're speaking with john Irwin, who is the uh, director and uh, executive producer of the 
uh, Jesus Revolution, which is tearing up box offices right now. Last week, finishing third overall, second for new releases for the week, and uh, right there tied with uh, per screen average with the number one movie, which was Cocaine Bear. And we were talking a little bit before the uh, before we we uh, rolled camera here, John. Um, there was you said in the industry, and this I found this fascinating. There's a lesson to be learned from the release of Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution being released on the same weekend, yeah. And that the studios handled it a certain way. And expound on that from an industry level, it was a great weekend for the industry because Ant Man, which was number one, drastically underperformed in its second weekend, it fell very fast. Um, and so I think from an industry perspective. Um, not necessarily from a moral perspective, although I guess Cocaine Bear is a, is, is a is an absolute cautionary tale. Um, you know, <laughs> if, if there was ever a story of not to do drugs and why, I think it's that, <laughs> it's that movie. The lesson, I think, for movie studios that's an interesting um, uh, correlative is that you had two movie studios that had a lot of courage to back up the choices that they made. Cocaine Bear was not dumbed down to Angry Bear. You know, it was it was a very authentic um, you know, my favorite review of it is like, it is it, cocaine bear is exactly what you think it is. And it's a well-made version of that. You just need to ask yourself, will I enjoy a movie called cocaine bear? But that's exactly what it is. And it's a well-made version of that high concept. Lionsgate let us make a movie called Jesus revolution. They didn't take Jesus out of the title. They let us make an authentic movie for an, for an audience that we serve and are a part of, and they let us do our thing in a way very few movie studios do. And so most movie studios are sort of they make decisions by committee through the lens of fear. And you had two examples this weekend or this past weekend of two movie studios that actually let, let the movie be the ultimate manifestation of what the movie needed to be. And for us, um, you know, they let us make a, a wonderfully authentic film that allows a huge audience to feel really seen. Uh, uh, there's a movie, there's a scene that we almost cut back until we screen in the theater where they pray over this car that's broken. But when we screened it with the audience, people were laughing so hard you couldn't hear the movie because that's something as Christians we would do, you know? And <laughs> and uh, and so you see yourself in the movie in a way that you, you just typically don't in a Hollywood film. We're speaking with John Irwin uh, and the enormous success of Jesus Revolution is as it's now in its second weekend and we're enjoying it uh, here on this Saturday night. Uh, yet to come on this broadcast of That Kevin Show, Michael W. Smith is here and we've got uh, Ann Wilson and Michael W. Smith's songs from the movie in our new music spotlight tonight. So you don't want to you don't want to miss anything that we've got uh, ahead for you straight ahead. When we come back, John, I want to talk to you a little bit more about the uh, organic story that you highlighted in this film and some of the uh, some of the key things that uh, you think are driving that message forward. Coming right back from New York. Stay here. Stick around for more of That Kevin. Next, That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. 
They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here he is, from New York, that Kevin, Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York. Uh, And again, if you miss any part of it, you can always go back and watch On Demand, Salem News Channel, snc.tv. And of course, we podcast this thing to 3.2 million users. And hopefully, uh, if you just want to enjoy the audio version, uh, you'll find that uh, at any podcast aggregator nationwide. Kevin McCullough with John Irwin. John, um, Greg Laurie and I had a, a chat last week, and he's one of my favorite people to talk to. Um, he's so real. And he was describing for us the moment when you approached him about making this movie with the cover of that kind of famous Time magazine that kind of set everything in context. Um, and you wanted somebody, you wanted to tell somebody's story that had been there and done that, had gone through it. And I think with Greg in the film, and also even with Michael W. Smith doing the the Buyer Love uh, recording, uh, you've got a couple of people that that attached to this thing that really, I mean, their lives were transformed by it. Mm-hmm. Arguably, Smitty, one of the most successful musicians, secular or sacred, that will go down in history um, on so many different levels. And Greg Laurie's life and what he's done in terms of reaching people with the hope, to highlight what you were saying earlier, that people are looking for and as found in Jesus Christ, radically transformed by this movement. Um, was it a difficult thing to pitch a Kelsey Grammer or a Kimberly Williams or some of the other people that may not have had that connection to the storyline to say, come on and be part of this. It's going to be special. Um, that's a great question. I, my, my relationship with Greg did begin uh, with, with the cover of time magazine that uh, 1971 cover uh, psychedelic Jesus on the cover. And it said the Jesus revolution. I bought that magazine on eBay 
while I was doing the film Woodlawn, which was set in the 70s before the film I Can Only Imagine. And I was blown away by the article. And it was such a hopeful story. And this was just a few years after the cover of Time. It was the first time that the cover of Time had no picture. It just said, is God dead? And uh, and so I was like, what happened between these two magazines? And uh, And I'm just compulsively curious by nature. So I wanted to learn and I wanted to meet someone that lived it. And that led to my relationship with Greg Laurie that has just become one of the great friendships of my life. And I, I think he and Kathy are wonderful people. And and uh, and I just wanted to fully understand what had happened because the more I studied the time, even in you know 2015, I, the more I, the, the similarities were striking and the only more striking those similarities have become since. It was just a time of division and and desperation. And uh, and so I began to think, man, man, if this could happen then, maybe this could happen again today. And uh, we've tried to get this movie made over and over again, between every movie. Like, I can only imagine, uh, I still believe Merit Underdog, this has been the movie that we've tried, the passion project that we've, that we've tried to get the credibility to make. So the timing of when the movie has come out is staggering to me because of these revivals uh, all over America. And then to see people like Kelsey Grammer, um, uh, people of sub, uh, uh, you know, commit to the project is unbelievable. And I think it's just one of the miracles that led to the project. Like he, I, I just had a, when we remounted the project, I thought the role belonged to Kelsey Grammer because when you can be Frazier and play Macbeth, like that's range, man. And, uh, and so I just thought it was his. And when we sent him the script, he said he was having this sort of crisis of meaning and wanted to do something that was truly meaningful and, and valuable uh, and values based and our script came the next morning. So I think that's just one of the miracles that, that uh, the miracles upon miracles that made this project happen. You just made a very uh, slight reference to the uh, Asbury uh, phenomenon and what's happening and it's spread from there to other college campuses. And uh, I think uh, it's, it's spreading to places all over the globe. Actually, I'm getting reports from Brazil and France and other places where uh, even in some fairly pagan secular uh, context, this is happening. I, I know that for myself too, I had several friends that asked me, um, in the media world last week said, uh, I'm thinking about going to see cocaine bear. I'm just, I just wish there was something else to, to, to have as an option. And I told them about Jesus revolution and, and several of them who I don't think would claim any faith significantly said, you know, I'm going to check that out. That sounds really interesting. And I think that you, this is going to be one of those conversation starters, but you talked about the timing of when this came out, do you see God's hand in its correspondence with the Asbury revival? Oh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, uncanny timing that I just shows, shows that there's a divine hand and, and, um, and, and it's amazing. Uh, and I do feel by the way, that, that the film is, it's unbelievable how it plays so wide. People just love it for its themes. I was talking to a Forbes reporter Who's, uh, who's who's Jewish, and he was like, every rabbi in America needs to see this film because they're all asking. So many of us are asking, how do I, how do I connect with my kids? How do I connect with my congregation? Um, and that and that really is the 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 tension of the movie and what the movie explores. And so it's so cool to see something so specific play so wide to people and how they really enjoy it. I think there's an absolute. Um, providential hand in the timing of this i remember talking to dallas jenkins who shows the chosen and i'm like right. we didn't sit down and cook this up of like okay dallas your show ends with the walking on water 
And then there'll be Super Bowl commercials the next week with Jesus. And then we're going to anchor the end of the month with Lionsgate. And we're going to schedule a revival in between at Asbury. <laughs> like this all just <laughs> happened. And uh, and it was so cool um, because they called the Jesus movement a Christian happening. Like it just sprung up. I even had uh, one of the uh, a radio hosts ask me the other day, like, just shoot straight with me. How much did it cost your marketing team to start that Asbury revival? I'm like, we don't, we did like that. We had nothing to do with it, you know? And he was kidding. But I, actually my wife and I drove up to it um, on day three, cause I was in Kentucky anyway. Oh, wow. I'm like, man, that's why, that's why we made the movie. Um, and I just want to listen. So we drove up, you could just walk into the auditorium at that point. It was full, but you could just walk into it. And uh, we sat there and just listened to the voice of a generation and what was what God was doing in that generation and and how they were speaking with authority about their time and what they want. And, and it's like it was I, I, I literally witnessed the passing of, of the baton of Christianity to a generation that I think is going to blow us away by what they can do and what God can do through them. And I feel I, I just sat there thinking, like, this is why we've made the movie. This is why I carried this magazine around for seven years trying to get this movie made. Like, I'm seeing it happen right in front of my eyes before the movie even comes out. And that is so cool. And I just see so many similarities to a generation now and a generation then. And what I love about the generation then is you have so many leaders in Christianity that came out of that generation. All of Christian music as we know it today, including Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant, came out of yep. that movement. Yep. And Greg Laurie and others. And so Absolutely. I hope there's the no, film is no, a tool to no uh, to that end. No question about it. John Irwin, uh, you've been working hard for a lot of weeks. Thank you for staying up late with us tonight on a Saturday. And uh, all the best on uh, continued weekends going forward. And we look forward to seeing what's going to be uh, well, what's really going to be done because this film exists. Uh, I know it's certainly been prayed over and there's a lot of people pulling for it. Uh, and friends, if you have not yet seen it, go see it this weekend. Uh, take some friends. I, I Greg Laurie and I agreed on this when he was on the show last week. I said, Greg, this is the perfect opportunity to take all those friends you've been having those kind of tangential uh, conversations with. Say, let's go, get, let's go watch a movie and then get pizza after and let's talk about it. Um, couldn't be a better film for the exactly that's exactly that exactly why we made it. And maybe this weekend we can yeah. uh, we can we can outrun the uh, cocaine bear. We'll you see. Have the but you know they they tend to fall off pretty quick. You know because <laughs> just do. that's how cocaine works. The high is but, good, uh, but the 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 crash is much know. harder. Anyway, John Irwin, <laughs> thanks for being with us. All right, take care. Thank you for having me. Gavin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away. Ready or not, he'll be right back. Kevin McCullough. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. To the dry bar comedy stage we go. Here's Mike Aramore. The most recent time I need to feel better is because I recently got dumped. So I really don't like happiness and touching right now. I think it's stupid. Uh, I think that's mostly why you're getting on my nerves, sir. <laughs> I feel like you holding her like she gonna run and that's kidnapping. That's illegal, sir. I just don't like happy couples because happy couples make it look easy and it's not easy. It's hard to pick. I'm a bad picker. I don't find out I don't like stuff till it's way too late doing anything positive about it. I'm already out with you. Nothing I can do. Turns out I don't like a whole bunch of like yelling, like arguing, like the willingness to argue. It gets on my nerve. I'll tell you when I find this out about myself. I took this young lady out to go get something to eat. Uh, she really wasn't that cute, I'm gonna be honest. So we, we end up at McDonald's. Uh, go, go. Don't, don't judge me, sir, you didn't see her, okay? You don't know, you don't know what I had to go through, all right? Uh, at the time, my car, my car didn't exist. I was broke, I didn't have one. I didn't know, it didn't, uh, she was driving. Uh, we, we, we pull up to the drive-thru, it was a very romantic drive-thru, it was very well lit and everything. We could see each other perfectly. Uh, she orders her food, but dude couldn't hear her. He said, excuse me, ma'am, can you speak up? That's all he said to her. She went completely nuts for no reason. Started yelling immediately. How did you get a job? I know your mama don't love you. I said pickles, nerd. <laughs> she went nuts. After she gets finished cussing out the McDonald's drive-thru dude, she gonna turn to me talking about, so Mike, what you wanna get? Uh, Wendy's now? I'm not... <laughs> like that. I've seen this movie. It don't work out for us in there. Yeah, drop me off, guy. I'm not, <laughs> drop me off. I'm not going nowhere with you. Drop me off. <laughs> That's when she started getting real crazy. Started downing me, telling me I wasn't going to never be nothing, telling me I wasn't going to make it in life telling me I couldn't read good. 
<laughs> the last one's very upsetting. <laughs> because you don't know where my literary skills are, okay? <laughs> I am getting gooder and gooder every day. <laughs> I practice. <laughs> Keep my flashcards on me at all times. <laughs> Still think I look good without the jacket. <laughs> I just don't have it in me, man. It's getting to the point now where I think men and women are opposite ends of the spectrum. I really do. I think men are very stupid and very simple. And for some reason, ladies, you don't want to understand that. We are like that from birth. That is not something we can help. I don't know why y'all don't, probably, I think the reason why y'all can't understand it because y'all are different. Y'all are polar opposites to that. You, you guys are a lot more complicated. It's a lot more to y'all. And I don't even think it's your fault. I really don't. I think it's because as soon as you born women, you're born with responsibilities. As soon as you born, they hand you little, they give you little fake babies to take care of. <laughs> and tiny vacuums and stoves and stuff. <laughs> Then, then you start looking at us like, who's going to help me with this? <laughs> uh, lady, I'm seven. I don't, I, don't, I don't care about that baby. I don't know why it's crying. Take the batteries out. I didn't give it to you. My G.I. Joe don't cry. You got the wrong toy. And you... <laughs> And you wonder why women mature faster than boys. Why we playing with make-believe stuff like Ninja Turtles. You learning how to take care of babies and cooking little brownies with light bulbs and stuff is stupid. Don't act like you ain't had that easy bake ridiculousness. It takes six weeks to make a brownie in that silly thing. You <laughs> It, it, wasn't, it wasn't done in the middle. It was a good brownie. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they mess y'all women up from jump. That's what I feel like. I feel like they make y'all difficult on us immediately. As soon as y'all born, they start telling y'all stuff like, you are a pretty princess. <laughs> give you little dresses and stuff to make you look like a princess. Don't let nobody tell you that you're not a princess. Uh, you are not no princess. <laughs> even, even if you were a princess, ladies, what makes you think I want a princess? You know how hard it is to get a princess? Maintain a princess? You know what princesses are? You read fairy tales? Princesses are in the middle of the woods. Surrounded by seven midgets and, and witches is trying to poison their fruit. Why are people trying to kill you, lady? What did you do? No, I'm not kissing you. You ate a poison apple and fell out. You ain't even washed your face. I just don't I just don't think I just don't I just don't get it, man. We just don't that's why I never understood. I never understood the societal norm for men to pick women. Makes no sense whatsoever, ladies. You should never let a man pick you. It's borderline irresponsible letting a man pick you. <laughs> we are stupid, we don't know what we're doing. We don't 
don't know how to do that. I was with a girl for years and I hated her guts. <laughs> she made up words and it was very upsetting. But she was pretty, so I laid it slide. <laughs> I have no personal experience with that whatsoever. It's Kevin McCullough, That Kevin Show, coming back from New York. Hey, get the soundtrack. Search hashtag new music spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that cabin show. All right, as promised, the first of two Spotlight artists tonight. Here's Ann Wilson from Jesus Revolution and Living Waters. This goes out to every outcast, to the just don't quite fit in. Every wrong way, runaway rebel, so ashamed of where you've been. This goes out to every searcher. Trying to fill that empty space Well, your searching days are over now Everything's about to change
this song Come and join the Jesus people This is where your heart belongs Her name is Ann Wilson, and she is singing about the living waters on that Kevin show. Our number two is up next. Hope you'll stay with us, including a special interaction with Michael W. Smith. Straight ahead. Hey, get the soundtrack. Search hashtag new music spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Lux Tradamus. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. Yet to come on this hour of That Kevin Show, the living presidents choose between Cocaine Bear and Jesus. Christine Nicholas, the first lady of New York hospitality, joins us. And three-time Grammy winning and 45-time Dove winning Michael W. Smith in the music spotlight before we're done. And now, live from Times Square, where the trains may derail and be full of muggers, but at least they're free of vinyl chloride. Here, here's that Kevin. I, I guess, uh, what, there's a uh, silver lining to everything? Yeah, you know, East Palestine, Ohio, the whole town gets ruined by uh, vinyl chloride. 
and the derailment. Um, New York City, it's mostly just the filth of the stench of filth. Uh, anyway, in the uh, in the trains, uh, sometimes they derail, and they are always full of muggers, at least uh, these days. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Welcome to a very special second hour of That Kevin Show tonight. Yet to come, Christine Nicholas, who would be slapping my knuckles right now. She'd be wrapping my knuckles with the ruler. Don't you say that New York City stinks? It's great. It's the greatest city on planet Earth, and I agree with that. It's just that I've ridden in the subways a couple of times in recent weeks, and it's not an inaccurate observation. Uh, anyway, uh, she she's going to tell us a lot of the good things that are going on here. And for those of you that have kind of like marked New York off your bucket list, wish list, don't do that. Don't do that. Come see us. Come see how cool it is in Times Square to run into an Elmo who may or may not fondle you uh, on a moment's notice. Just, just come and experience it for yourself. There is nothing like the naked cowboy except in person. You got You got to come anyway. Uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Um, you, you know, this, this whole, um, I, I started the first hour off with this, the whole, uh, cocaine bear Jesus revolution contest that started in the theaters last week, cocaine bear edged out the savior of the world. Uh, but it was not by a large margin. It's just a couple of million dollars, but, uh, to date now, Jesus Revolution, I think, has made $22 million going into this weekend. We don't even have this weekend's box offices yet. But uh, last week, it was a contest between Cocaine Bear and Jesus Revolution. And for some reason, the living presidents felt it was necessary to ask for complimentary tickets because of them being big VIPs. You know, we're former presidents. We, we, we want to get free tickets to the movies. So I tried to see what I could do. Yes, Mr. McCullough, Diane Langworthy of United Cinemas. It looks like we can accommodate all of the living presidents to the movie of their choice this weekend. They simply need to confirm Cocaine Bear or Jesus Revolution. I'll check in with you tomorrow. Hey, Kev, Senator Biden, uh, President Harris and I think we want tickets to go see the bear um, because cocaine reminds me a lot of all that stuff they put in my protein shakes before my State of the Unions. Hi, Kevin. It's Donald. You know, I've never smoked, drank, done any kind of drugs, neither of my kids, and um, I'm not going to start now. So give me tickets for the revolution. I like revolution. Revolutions are good. American Revolution, make America great again. Kev, it's Barack. Uh, let me be clear. Uh, Michelle and I would like to go see the cocaine bear. But just as I said when I was campaigning, I promise I won't inhale. Hey, Kev, W, uh, you know, Coke and I did not have a very good relationship. In fact, I'm still a little bit afraid of sunshine from all that I did. So I think Laura and I would like to go see the Jesus movie, that revolution thing. Hey, Kev, it's Bill. I, I couldn't care less which one you give me tickets to. I just want to know, and I have to kind of whisper this, uh, will there be chicks? Isn't he funny? Kev, it's, it's, it's Hillary. I was listening on the other line. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, we'll be glad to uh, take whatever tickets you give us for the cocaine bear. We won't go see Jesus. Kev, Senator Biden again. Um, come to find out when talking with Jill about it, turns out Hunter would like to go too. Something about bears or cocaine. I think, I think it was the cocaine actually. But yeah, Hunter needs a ticket.
I, I bet Hunter does. <laughs> he wants. I think Hunter probably only wants to know where the stash was that they used to film with the bear. Uh, maybe not knowing that um, they didn't use an actually coked up grizzly to shoot the film. Anyway, uh, that's the living presidents. Uh, they love stopping by. I don't know why they they love to leave their messages for me. Um, we but I was I was pondering this whole thing. What if a bear did? get into uh drugs that say we're left behind by human beings in the world and it turns out according to the uh the big newspaper in denver evidently they do well in uh 2019 colorado parks and wildlife started a bear tracking and reporting system across the state so we keep track of uh of different bear activities where they're at what they're getting into and we have had a few reports of bears um, getting into uh, we had a bear get into a freezer that had some marijuana edibles and also had a bear that uh, um, took someone's backpack that had some marijuana in there as well um, but you know once bears uh, learn that freezers or backpacks might have food you know they're going to go after those sources give me the weed baby that grizzly, he he wants to get his chill on so, so badly. Uh, is it bad for them? Well, it would have, you know, some sort of effect, but for the overall health of the animal, it's not something that would be overly concerning for us. And, you know, in some cases, they could get into large amounts of those substances, but the uh, opportunities for that to happen are pretty slim. All right. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I don't want the bears uh, having permanent damage from the coke or the weed that they may do. You know, and we seem to be very concerned about that, maybe more concerned than we are about our fellow man. But then again, that's just the way it is. But what about there's got to be there's if, if there's weed bears and Coke bears, there's got to be adult beverage bears. Uh, you know, once they you know, we've had bears that get into coolers that have beer and will chew on some beer cans trying to drink this, the uh, um, drink the beer out of there. You know, also soda cans as well or high calorie sugary drinks. Um, so that's really what the bears are looking for is those high calorie food sources. I mean, we've had, you know, bears that have taken entire coolers full of beer, um, chewed into those cans and busted them everywhere. What What do you call a bear that has had beer, weed and Coke? Snoop Dogg. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, uh, any lessons that the humans should be taken away from this? Now, the bottom line is, you know, humans provided these sources for the bears. And it usually comes down to the bears becoming habituated to human-provided food sources. And so they learn a cooler, could have potentially have food in there. Um, they're going to go check out a cooler to see what's in there. And they're very curious animals as well. So, you know, if they think something could possibly be food, they're going to try to at least taste it and see um, if they get any sustenance from that. Um, also, things like um, air fresheners, deodorants, things like that can also attract bears if they have a food type scent. And so you want to make sure that you're not providing those food sources or scent attractants for bears, keeping that stuff secured as much as possible so the bears aren't coming around people looking for food and potentially getting into other substances as well. Because as we've seen in the movies the last couple of weeks, you don't want bears on substances. You just, it's just a bad, just a bad choice all the way around. Anyway, you know, something was kind of cool about this week. You heard John Irwin in the first hour uh, make mention 
that the movie houses had kind of done their own thing, uh, sticking with these movies as they were intended to be seen by their directors, uh, and that Universal had gone full-fledged with Cocaine Bear, and they made Cocaine Bear the best Cocaine Bear they could. And Lionsgate went with Jesus Revolution and let uh, John Irwin and the uh, Irwin brothers and uh, Kevin Downs and the others make that movie to the best of their ability. And at the end of the day, what ended up happening here is you had two very contrasting films that the public chose from. And uh, this last week, John Irwin of the Jesus Revolution movie sent a note to the Cocaine Bear people and said, congratulations. I thought it was a very classy thing to do. And I like it when my Christian friends are also classy. Happens to work out well. Kevin McCullough, Christy Nicholas from uh, New York City joins me next. She is the first lady of New York City hospitality. And a little bit later on, three-time Grammy winner, Michael W. Smith. guest is someone that I have immense respect for and have for quite a while. In fact, ever since I came to the Big Apple, uh, her name was always associated with some of the most important things happening in the city. And it was uh, a real joy just a few years ago when I finally got to start working with her on a regular basis. In fact, she co-hosts uh, a radio show that I do on Friday nights with me here in the city, but she is so much more than that. She's one of the most influential women in travel, in PR, in uh, advocacy for New York City, uh, she is consistently rated as one of the uh, the top voices, the most respected uh, uh, persons to 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 really have on your team, advising you to do much of anything. And someone who felt that way very strongly uh, in the aftermath of the immediate attack of 9/11 was Mayor Giuliani, who said to her, "You've got 48 hours. Go get Broadway open after the terrorist attacks had happened." Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome. Put your hands uh, together for Christine Nicholas. <laughs> Well, thank you, Kevin. Uh, it's terrific to be on that Kevin show. Congratulations. It's fantastic. And I love how you are elevating New York City, bringing it back. You are playing a key role in making people understand that, you know, as goes New York, goes the country. And if New York is not strong, our country will not be strong. Whether you agree with the politics or not, the reality is New York City is uh, our culture. Yeah. It's a great uh, way of celebrating Americana. There's so much to see and do. So what you're doing on that Kevin show is really meaningful. And many people here in New York City are taking notice. Well, I loved, um, I've always loved, and when I was a kid, loved the idea of someday going to New York and just getting to do radio in New York. Like that, That's all I could possibly fathom or imagine. And I actually had program directors at radio stations in Dallas and Chicago tell me when the opportunity came to go to New York, like, you know, the, New York doesn't really have anything that we don't have. Oh, yeah? 
Well, all three of my book deals came after I moved to New York. I started doing a lot of TV when I was, uh, uh, after I located to New York and, and now there's that Kevin show. So it's like, you know, it's, uh, it's New York has been a very, very good experience for me in a lot of ways. And I want to kind of piggyback off that because I, there's a lot of people watching tonight, Christine, that may be in the hinterland or the flyover country. And they may be saying, you know what, those those liberals out there in New York, they just don't have any idea how hard it is for us out here in the real country. And there's there's some truth to the fact that New Yorkers are a little bit busier. And sometimes we probably get a little bit too wound up in what we've got going on to understand that maybe not the whole country thinks the same way that we do. But I know that in the aftermath of 9-11, there was an outpouring of support that came from across the country and the country became New Yorkers uh, as as the sign went. And I, I, I'm hopeful that in the aftermath of the pandemic, and of the uh, the riots and some of the other things that have happened over the last couple of years that uh, that we can still instill that spirit that where the harbor of Lady Liberty shines, so right. does the heartbeat of America. Yeah, I hope so. And, you know, I was here on 9-11, as you uh, referenced, and I was heading up at the time NYC and Company, which is New York City's Convention and Visitors Bureau. So it's a tourism marketing agency. And prior to that, I worked as Mayor Giuliani's communications director. So um, as you as you said, he gave us two days to open up Broadway. And the reason being is because he knew that the culture of America is really Broadway. I mean, look, we there's symphonies all over. I mean, we have country music too that is uniquely Americana, but that's not in necessarily known for new, being New York City. Right, so right. what is New York City's culture? And that is that is Broadway. So we had um, two days to open it up. I will argue that uh, Lincoln Center and Carnegie play an awful important role 100%. too, but, but yeah. you're right. In fact, there is something magical. I, I try to explain this to people that don't live here or people that come to visit for the first time. And it, you, you, we all have those people, right? If you live in New York, you you have people that say, I'm coming to your city. I've been wanting to my entire life. They don't say that about Fort Worth, Texas, where I grew up. They do say that about New York City. Um but the idea is when when the sun goes down and the lights come on, especially in Times Square and around all the theaters and around Lincoln Center and around Carnegie and all the right. eateries, there is a life to this place that yeah. is just magnificent. And it just is not replicated. I've been to London. I've been to Paris. I've been to Los Angeles. I've been to uh, other national capitals. There's no right. place like it on planet Earth. Yeah, well, we're a 24-7 city. Uh, we pride ourselves on that. You know, and during the pandemic, it was a little eerie because even when our subways reopened, they did not open uh, to 24 hours. And it was the first time that that ever happened. Uh, you know, they closed, I think, at 2 a.m. and then they reopened at 6 a.m., which we we found out uh, very quickly that that was going to hamper New York's ability to bounce back because who travels at those hours but the people who are working you know, in the essential service industry, right? I mean, whether they be nurses, doctors, restaurateurs, delivery persons, you know, all of the folks that we relied on during the pandemic. So they had to uh, open it up, <laughs> you know, and thankfully, and, you know, to this day, are we fully back? Not a hundred percent. You know, our good mutual friend, Tom Harris from the Times Square Alliance. T-Square, that's T -square, it. Yeah, I mean, he um, is, he does the daily, uh, pedestrian counts in Times Square 
And we're still down about 15% um, from the average, which is 350,000 people a day that walk through Times Square. So, but we're getting there, you know, and it's, it might be down 15% from pre-pandemic, but it's up 120% from, you know, 2020 when we were in the thick of it. So, um, you know, we, we're really, uh, we're really happy to be back, uh, but we could use a little bit more attention to getting people to feel comfortable coming back. And we've got a great police department, NYPD, second to none. Um, But we're dealing with a lot of the things that a lot of cities elsewhere are dealing with. Um, And, but I think we're dealing with it, you know, just head on. And the whole, um, I think the anti-police movement, um, you know, defund the police, that was also here for a bit, yeah. but then quickly turned around. And now we have a police, a former police officer, a former lieutenant, who's now our mayor. My own personal f- kind of funny favorite story about coming to New York, I hadn't moved here yet, was coming here for a conference. I'm eating at the Sabara Pizza in Times Square. You know it well. Yep. Um because you know, I was Not a guy far from out from of town, Ellen's, and, right I, down and the block. I wanted I wanted that authentic <laughs> Sabara <laughs> slice. Anyway, my buddy and I we'd gotten in. It was a late night. It was 10 11 o'clock. We was we got to get something to eat. We just landed, checked in at our hotel, went over to Times Square, went to the Sabara. We're sitting there, and the only seats they had available were the ones looking out on the street uh, at at that time. And so we're we're finishing up our slice, and lo and behold. It's like 1.30 in the morning, and there's this crush of bicyclists that come through Times Square with racing numbers on their chests. And I was like, <laughs> this has to be the coolest place on planet Midnight Earth run. for them to be holding a bike race at yeah. 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I've, been, um, I've been on that tour. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> well, okay, and you haven't talked me into doing it yet. I'm thankful, <laughs> but we'll talk about that at some point. She's Christine Nicholas. If you catch me on Friday nights out of New York City on AM 970, The Answer, you'll hear her with me as we, we have fun food and hospitality that we talk about for a full hour. But uh, she's coming right back with us on That Kevin Show. Ready or not, you'll be right back. Show with Kevin McCullough. Here he is from New York, that Kevin, Kevin McCullough. And we're back from New York, from Times Square, the place where I have to tell you, if you didn't know anything more about Times Square, and you were a kid like me watching Letterman growing up in in the Dallas-Fort Worth area when I was a kid, and you would hear these crazy intros talking about pizza rats and muggers and politicians and people that were just uh, jaywalking in the middle of Times Square. You, you, You grew up fascinated by what this place was. And now to get to bring you the Kevin show, that Kevin show, uh, from these very uh, hallowed uh, streets is really, really something. Christine Nicholas is my guest, and she knows that better than anyone. Um, Christine, you you very kindly thanked me for trying to elevate New York uh, through the auspices of this show, and I'm glad to do it. I love the city that that you and I get to uh, be in all the time and just surround ourselves with. I think it's the greatest place on the planet, personally. Um, but 
it's always been television that really has taken New York to the rest of the world. And whether it was Sex in the City or David Letterman or any number of other places that would shoot and uh, do their sketches and everything else. Saturday Night Live obviously has a, a, a big draw. You, you've got this you've got this magic in New York and you've you've seen a lot yeah. of that up close in your PR work. Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, the Today Show, for example, um, was a sh when they were they were one of the early ones to do their sets outside. Um, and then GMA, uh, you know, they built a brand new set in Times Square, right? CNN built a set in Times Square. Uh, Fox is now doing stuff in Times Square, ESPN. So, you know, it became a familiar, um, trusted backdrop. Uh, or whether it's in, in New York City and other places. But, you know, television has really helped New York City. I mean, even when, you know, Seinfeld back in the day, they were, <laughs> they, the exteriors were all New York, but right. then they were filming it in, in L.A. So, and that was back up until, you know, 1993, 94, Rudy Giuliani gets in and he starts to make a fuss about all these shows that are filmed outside of New York about New York friends. Pretending for to be right New York, but just yeah. not filming but, here. So, yeah. So, um, he then uh, had the mayor's office of film and broadcast theater and um, Pat Scott was our commissioner and he told her, I want you to make an effort like to go out and make sure that whoever is filming about New York needs to be in New York, not in Canada, not in Toronto, <laughs> or we're going to make a big stink about it. And it, you started to see more and more shooting days on the streets of New York City, which I think pays off quite a bit because people love it. They love authenticity. I think the viewer at home can figure it out that it's not, it's not real. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And because the city is, I heard Sarah Jessica Parker actually interviewed about this once, but because the city you turn a corner and you go into a completely different setting on, on every street corner in every neighborhood, you could literally uh, stake out places to film and to set up shows and to do things every day of the week and do a new one each day for the entire year and never run out of great uh, locales. Right. And Letterman had the stupid human tricks, if you remember, right? I, I love those. <laughs> so my office was at 810 7th Avenue and my, my window, third floor, would actually look into the Letterman set, right? Right there on that street. And I knew when they were when they were setting up for a, an outdoor event and it was really excited, the crowds would start to form and they would have, you know, drag racing. They would have uh, Olympians doing the high jump. I mean, it was just such a hoot. I wish that- Dropping they... watermelons from the roof. Come yes. on, it didn't get <laughs> much better than that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it just, it brought New York or when he would go to visit the Hello Deli guy, right? Um, it brought the real life New Yorkers as part of the set and right. New Yorkers are characters. You know, we used to have this, uh, you know, sort of this reputation of being tough guys, but after nine 11, I think people got to see the real New York. And I think that's what Letterman tapped into probably better than anybody because he knew that New Yorkers were really warm and fuzzy and fun. And so then he would interview people on the street. Right. Yeah. So, and it, it just, it was magical. And it, I really do think that that played a strong role in us, when we were rebuilding New York City post 9-11, we couldn't well, have we've, done it without we've got Letterman some, and We've SNL. got some stupid human tricks up our sleeves soon because <laughs> we're, we're about to unleash a correspondent on Times Square to re-engage some of those public with some very interesting questions from time to time. So we will we will be looking into that. We've only got a minute left, Christine. Um, you're talking to the entire universe. Uh, why should people come back to New York? 
you know, because it is the greatest city and it is the most unique city and it is your city. Trust me, you'll feel at home and you'll be safe. <laughs> and you'll have some good pizza. If you go to yes, Staten Island, that's where all the, pizza, the, the really good stuff is. <laughs> uh, she is the first lady of New York hospitality as she is so introduced every Friday. Christine Nicholas, it's been a joy to have you with us tonight. Thank you, Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough from New York. That Kevin show when we come back. Ready or not, you'll be right back. That Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. Now, back to that Kevin Show with Kevin McCullough. All right, my next guest, I'm so pleased to have back at the Kevin McCullough microphone because we uh, spoke on my radio show and just a few years ago when the uh, passing of Andre Crouch happened. What a giant uh, voice in uh, gospel music overall. But this weekend, there is another huge influence that has been highlighted for the last couple of weeks now in the theaters. And I am very excited to uh, welcome my next guest. He is a singer-songwriter. I think he is more prolific than most of the Christian industry combined. Uh, he doesn't look as old as he is, but he has certainly got the records to prove it, along with the Grammys and the Doves. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Michael W. Smith. Hello, sir, and welcome to today. It's so good to have you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I saw just a little snippet of uh, a media hit that you did over the last uh, week, and it was about Jesus Revolution. We're talking about the uh, the number two film of new releases from last week. It was number three overall behind Ant-Man and Cocaine Bear, which is crazy when you think about it. But um, you said, and this was just a little kind of really quick clip that I saw, but I, it's, there was Michael W. Smith, and he said, that movement so impacted me. Uh, as as a as a young person and as a singer and a songwriter, and I thought, man, I've got to talk to him about what because there's a, there's so many storylines coming out of Jesus Revolution. Obviously, Greg Laurie's story is very powerful and what God has done in his life, but mm -hmm. uh, in in the mainstream discussion, uh, there's other storylines here. One of which is your musical career and the influences of the Jesus movement at the time. Take us back, Michael. What was it like for you? when the real events that are portrayed in the movie took place. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm having this interview because of that movement, honestly. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I, it, it really did. The Jesus movement um, somehow found its way, who knows how, uh, into my little town of Canova, West Virginia. And uh, it completely radically changed my life. And I will never forget getting that, I found it in a consignment store. I was looking for a Beatles record and came across this Maranatha record. And the title of it was the everlasting living Jesus music concert. <laughs> and I turned it, turned the, you know, turned and looked at the back cover and there's all these people with long hair singing about Jesus. And I remember going, that's what I want to do one day. Wow. And, um, and, and I even had the long hair for a while. I mean, it's not, I not so much anymore, but. <laughs> It was it wasn't very attractive, but whatever. So, and yeah, and so you know, it all changed. I, if I found Love Song, and I found Larry Norman and Andre Crouch, and Second Chapter of Acts, but really all born out of that whole thing at Calvary. 
And I love the movie. I'm 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 a little bit more biased because I'm just, you know, I cry every time I watch it. I yeah. mean, because that movement changed my life. It literally changed my life. Well, it's interesting because uh, Kelsey Grammer has said in recent weeks it's the best film he's ever done. Um, Jonathan Rumi is just genius as Jesus in The Chosen, but he certainly okay. does a very good job of Lonnie Frisbee in this uh, picture as well. And then you've got the whole story of young Greg uh, and Kathy and what happened to them and kind of the, and I guess the movie kind of ends where the rest of the story picks up. Uh, I was, when I was speaking with uh, Greg Laurie about this last week, I said, you know, Greg, this all happened in Southern California and it was very concentrated right there, but there were these repercussive waves that came across the country that, you know, found its way to West Virginia of, of many other places as well. And I'm curious, Michael, what was it about it at the time? Because you were involved in the church. You weren't, you weren't hostile to, to Jesus or, you know, the message of the gospel. You, you were playing in your youth group, but what was, what was, uh, what was special about it to you? How did it speak to you? I think it was a move of the Holy spirit. I mean, I, my whole heart, everything was captivated. Every fiber of my being was captivated. I mean, I, I guess I became a Jesus freak. I hope I still am one, you know, but I was very aware the, the big, big wooden cross and I carried the Schofield leather Bible. And, <laughs> and I was, while all my buddies were smoking pot and drinking beer, I was in Bible studies and singing this music every night at a friend's house. You recut uh, by our love for this film. And I, I, I want to say you gave it kind of a John Williams-esque haunting uh, very, uh, I, I, very minor key, but there's, there's a, there's a, there's a haunting underscore to it that I think is just very powerful. And I'm just, could you break down why you did what you did with the song? What was it that you were, that you were trying to aim for there? Cause it's so yeah. powerful. Well, I grew up singing that song in youth group as a teenager and, um, I've always loved it. And, and I think by what it says, I mean, I think it probably is a message that probably needs to be heard more than any other time, at least in my lifetime. You know, they'll know we were Christians by our love and we're so divided and we're critical and all that. I could go on and on about that, but whatever. So the story is, is that, you know, a really good friend of mine, I'm good friends with the Irwin brothers and Brandon Gregory, the president there, really great friends with my son and me as well. He played me this trailer that they were going to release. And Kevin McCorkle, who co-directed the movie and actually scored the movie, had this idea of we are one in the spirit. And so when Brandon played it for me, I like, I got, I mean, I had goosebumps. The hairs were standing on the back of my neck. And, and I said, Brandon, I, I, I grew up singing that song my whole childhood, all through my teenage years. And I said to Brandon, going, I think I'm supposed to cut that song. <laughs> Uh, and I don't want anything. I just, I just feel like I'm supposed to cut it. You guys use it. You can market the movie. I think I'm supposed to cut it and I don't want to change anything because I love Kevin's production. There's something going on on a campus in Kentucky. It is rolling out onto other campuses. It is rolling out into major arenas. Um, the fact that this movie got released at the time of the Asbury revival, I'm just curious do you have any reaction to that if is any is anything floated through your head as, as to what that could possibly mean i have a big reaction <laughs> it's happening it's something we've prayed for for so long uh you know i'm not a 
I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, I don't jump on the bandwagon on the next wave. I've been praying for this move of God my whole life, mm. really ever since it happened at Calvary. Uh, we know the world's turned upside down. We know we're in trouble, but we, we've always known that it was going to happen. So I don't think it's a coincidence at all. And it's not only happening in Asbury and and college campuses. It's starting to happen all around the world. So grateful that Michael W. Smith took some, took some time out tonight to be with us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. God bless. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back from New York. Don't go away. Ready or not, he'll be right back. That Kevin. Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the story behind the song. Welcome, Michael W. Smith.
a song that was made very, very famous during the original Jesus People movement, uh, which is what is identified in the Jesus Revolution film, number two at the box office right now. Kevin McCullough saying you want to join the uh, Spotify or Apple uh, New Music Spotlight playlist because we get all the songs on there and they come to you free. Just go to Apple or Spotify and look for New Music Spotlight. Thanks to everyone for a great show tonight. Kevin McCullough, looking forward to being back with you next time here on That Kevin Show. <laughs>